everybody. Welcome back. It's been a long time, but we are joining once again with a very topical podcast. Yes, hello everyone. We've kind of been lazy and caught up in our own stuff, but also because many people asked me to reshare some of the podcasts we've done on YouTube, actually, even though they're available on different podcast platforms. So I've been busy with that, reposting some of the podcasts on YouTube, and I'm noticing that number of people joining on YouTube has increased. But yeah, this is a very timely topic. There's a movie called Animal that released in India with a very, very divided audience. It has been a runaway hit. We haven't seen the movie because uh, not for any other reason, but that I just don't want to be trapped in a cinema hall for three hours and 20 minutes. Yes, it is by all accounts uh, a very provocative film. Neither of us have seen it, so this, this is not going to function as a review of the movie by any means. It's not fair to talk about that. But whether you love it or you hate it, it's very difficult to sit on the fence, and one cannot argue with the fact that it's been provocative, and many people have been voting with their ticket sales because it has, as you mentioned, Kavitha, it's been a runaway hit. A lot of people have seen it in the theater, and I think it's probably a wise decision on our part not to sit for three hours. So the interesting thing about this film has been the divided opinions of people. It's gone all the way to the Indian parliament. There are people who are really criticizing the film as being excessively violent, disrespectful to women, and inappropriate for children to be in the movie theaters. Many segments of the film have been released, whether in reviews or in trailers. However, when I took a vote and said, like, should I watch it in the theater or not? There were, I think, only two men who told me to go and watch it, uh, not one woman who told me to watch it. And so that kind of picked my interest. Ajit, you noticed something very interesting in just the uh, trailer in the film. Yeah, yeah. Before I before I talk about that, um, I, th- I think it's interesting because this comes back to a larger topic about violence, misogyny, and its portrayal in cinema and in art. But first, as you mentioned, the trailer you have a very good idea of what you're in store for just in looking at the 90-second clip in the movie trailer. There's a father-son relationship. It's fraught with all sorts of tension, and clearly the main character has some daddy damage, and he's working through it. Very likely there is some toxic masculinity being portrayed in the film itself, but you get many segments with machine guns, bullets being fired, a very violent scene in a hallway, probably a lot of stabbing, excessive violence etc even a woman is clasped by the throat in the th- in the trailer so you you understand that there is some aggression towards women being portrayed in the film this is not without precedent there's been plenty of violent art plenty of violent films art in general is a reflection of society but i would argue that it's it's actually the other way around as well that it's two ways i think society can be a reflection of art as well and so this brings up the point of people being influenced by this or somehow imbibing some of the violence or the attitudes that are portrayed in films. Uh, A fair point, I'd say. It's also very interesting when you actually look at um, how people respond. You know, we talk about young minds being impressionable, but I think older minds are also being impressionable. And I feel that you respond to an external stimuli, whether it's films, whether it's a book, uh, whether it's life experience, Depending on where you are in your life at that point, what kind of experiences you've had, and I've written about it on social media that for me, any kind of disrespect to a woman, even verbally, even saying something as simple as shut up 
is not acceptable. But I know of women who are my clients, who are my friends, who are in the family, who have put up with physical violence and have justified it with some excuse or the other. So, you know, you are only influenced to the extent that you yourself are damaged or otherwise. Yeah, I think um, you raise a great point, which is about how we take in art and how we take in that, that which is portrayed on the screen or whether it's in a painting or even in music. I think that diet, when we talk about diet and maintaining a healthy diet, it's really about more than what we put in our mouth, chew and consume. We consume all sorts of material on a day-to-day -day basis. It's, it's who we hang out with. It's uh, the types of books that we read, what resonates with us on the screen. You know, if we're, if we're constantly seeing violence and bullets and misogyny, anti-woman portrayals on screen, etc., it's naive to think that we don't take that in and we become desensitized to it. You know, even when a human being perpetrates violence against another human being, when we see it on screen, it's very visceral. When we see body after body, huge body counts being racked up in a lot of films, we become desensitized to it. There, I don't think it can be argued to the contrary. When the main character actually portrays the violence, it's, it's even more jarring because we are kind of put in the position of attempting to identify with this character. And this is not to say that every main character has to be likable or, you know, we have to identify with them. There are many portrayals of characters. Sometimes the, the villain is the, the main character, right? Again, it's naive to think that people don't see these things and become desensitized to it. We do have to kind of dehumanize what we're seeing on the screen. You made a very good point about being desensitized to violence. I remember this conversation I had with uh, the actor Nandita Das after the tsunami hit and she was talking about how she was eating her dinner. There were reports on television about the amount of people who were affected, how many people died. And she said she was shocked at herself that she continued to eat. And then she said, what's wrong with me? Like, And then she realized that because she's been seeing so much of this in the media, it had de desensitized her to an extent that she could actually keep on eating her dinner. On the flip side, a Pakistani journalist mentioned to me how the then president Parvez Musharraf actually stopped any kind of description of terror attacks on television and within six months, all of it died down because they were not getting the publicity that they wanted. So art definitely has an impact and visual art especially has a pretty deep impact, I think, on the uh, psyche of people. And, you know, people who think that films, books, you know, any kind of medium that conveys thoughts, you know, whether it's a written word or whether it's a spoken word or whether what you see it visually doesn't have an impact on people. I have said is living in a fool's paradise because I mentioned about myself that, you know, I actually saw this Netflix documentary on Arnold Schwarzenegger and I was so impacted and inspired by it. Before that, I all I knew was I'll be back, that famous dialogue, and I never had never watched even a single one of his films. So definitely real and real life always intersect. I don't think anything that has been shown in this movie from the reviews I read is something that's alien. It's not a new script, as I had mentioned. You know, all of this happens in real life. And as a result of that, it makes its way to real life. It's not to say that the film director or the actors who are acting in it are bad people. We were just having this conversation about Keanu Reeves. Yes, um, I, I think uh, I brought it up in the context of the John Wick films, which are extraordinarily violent. There's been four films, and when you rack up the body count in each of these four films, it, it goes into the hundreds. 
people are killed and dispatched in all sorts of ways. I think he kills somebody with a pencil in one of the movies. But my point being that you see so much of it after a while that it becomes exhausting and you, you almost kind of tune out after a while. It, it's cartoonish, but, you know, people are being killed. And uh, the main, main character, once again, is perpetrating the violence. You never see, for instance, uh, a movie made about henchman number three, right? The guy who is dispatched within three minutes into the movie. It, it's so easy to kind of tune that out. It, it's unrealistic. And I just want to get back to one thing that you mentioned, Kavita, because you, you talked about films and you talked about media, the real and the real, R-E-E-L versus R-E-A-L. I think with art and with film, you are effectively putting forth into the public a creative endeavor, right? There's some element of creativity there. Whereas with the media, if you're reporting news, like as you mentioned in your Parvez Musharraf example, presumably the media is there to talk about facts to report the facts and, you know, what is seen out there. I think it's really fascinating that human beings are just wired to look at awful things. If there's an accident, they're always rubberneckers, you know, like when you're driving by on the road and you see an accident, people slow down, they want to see what all the fuss is about, and it, it's usually a negative thing. There's blood, there's ambulances, things like that. I think human beings are just wired for some reason to kind of focus on the negativity. And when you're talking about media, the main mantra of sorts is, if it bleeds, it leads. For some reason, that is always put to the surface. You rarely see positive news, you know, for some reason. You know, there are other things also that come into play. Talking about influences, it is very obvious to me when you mentioned that part of the music in the trailer was from the movie John Wick. It was, yes. And so the director of this film has obviously been influenced by Hollywood. I think you mentioned it to me and I was not aware of it because I don't really look into the technicalities of how Hollywood runs its movies. But you told me that there's no censor, unlike in India where the censor board decides how to rate this film. So you can make whatever you want and release it if you if you can. And so uh, obviously when we talk about influences, the director was influenced, I'm sure, to some extent by Hollywood films and then made this movie, you know, with those influences easily readable for somebody like you who really knows a lot about Hollywood films. I've not seen any of the John Wick movies, but you immediately said, oh, that's in the trailer. That music is from John Wick. And on the other hand, when you talk about people, it's not necessary that people who make difficult movies, difficult to watch movies are bad people. Keanu Reeves has acted in all these films and he's one of the most beloved uh, actors. He's a great philanthrope. He's very compassionate. He's very kind. It doesn't necessarily reflect a person's character because somebody said, what kind of a person is this director? What has been his upbringing? It doesn't matter. Uh, You know, you were talking about Martin Scorsese and you said that. Yeah, Yeah, I was talking about Martin Scorsese and even Steven Spielberg, you know, great, great legendary directors, right? They've made uh, hundreds of films and, you know, some of them have been exceedingly violent. So I think that violence will exist on screen. It must necessarily exist on screen, but it should be issued with purpose. In other words, when you look at a film like Steven Spielberg's Schindler's List, or you look at a film like Saving Private Ryan, these are both World War II-centric films, and they have to portray violence realistically out of deference to the subject matter. You must respect the subject matter. You must portray Nazis as, you know, villainous and, you know, perpetrating very awful acts. And similarly, with Saving Private Ryan, there are some extremely visceral war scenes. The opening scene is the storming of Normandy. And I remember that there were veterans in the audience who had actually participated in the storming of Normandy when they saw the film on screen. 
that it's, it basically sent them back. I mean, they were having flashbacks. They felt like they were on the U-boats going towards Normandy, and, and it set off some very visceral reactions in people. But it necessarily had to be so, because you, you have to show the chaos and the absolute nadir that war is of humanity. Yeah, you made a very good point here that if you have to portray something, you it, there has to be a reason for that portrayal. Mm, yeah. And so Schindler's li- list, you could not avoid the atrocities that were committed on the Jewish people. Otherwise, you're erasing a very significant part of history. But a movie like Animal, where there is there is a lot of violence, and there is disrespect to women, on one hand, you can say it was unwarranted. On the other hand, you can say that it really is a reflection of society. Uh, you know, it's funny that one of the actors, Bobby Diol, who I've met, uh, and is a, he's a wonderful guy, he has a 10-minute villainous role in the film. And his mother, when she saw the movie, she said, please don't act in films like these. Mm-hmm. But he said, look, I'm only playing a character, and it is a reflection of society. Just because it isn't talked about doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And I can say, maybe not to that exaggerated extent, but I have seen disrespect to women, I've heard of disrespect to women because people talk about it all the time. I've seen the compromises people make. I've seen violence against women, violence against men. I've seen people with daddy issues. I've seen people with mommy issues. And it really um, can be perceived by people who have loved this film as the director um, showing you the mirror. Yes, that's a great point. You know, along that vein, I wanted to just raise another film that I think we talked about art influencing real life. This is a film that was made by Martin Scorsese in the mid-70s. It was called Taxi Driver. Many people listening will be familiar with it. But Robert De Niro, it was a breakout performance for him after The Godfather. But this is one of those films where the the main character is an anti-hero. He's very unhinged. You know, he's paranoid. He's delusional, somewhat misogynistic, and extremely violent. It's, It's very interesting to me that that movie came out it actually influenced an assassination attempt. In the film, Robert De Niro's character attempts to save a 12-year-old, I think she's a prostitute in the movie, but it was portrayed by Jodie Foster, uh, attempts to rescue her and portrays all sorts of violent acts on, on other people. Somebody watched this film. He was already unhinged, but he was heavily influenced by Taxi Driver. His name was Hinckley, Hinckley Jr., I believe. He was so taken in with this film that he actually tried to assassinate President Reagan. And in the event of that happening, you know, it just came to light that he was heavily influenced by this film. And so you can't kind of separate that from this guy's acts. And also interesting, Ranbir Kapoor, the main actor in Animal, has cited De Niro's performance in Taxi Driver as a huge influence on him. I remember seeing an interview where he talked about that film and about Robert De Niro and how he idolized him. So it's interesting. Maybe he's trying to kind of portray that in this film. Yeah, I think, you know, we are always a sum of our experiences, what we read, what we listen to, how we are raised. And I think maybe this movie has made a lot of people uncomfortable because either they've lived that or they've seen that and have not stood up for it. Or it could be that people have made compromises and this is okay for them. For example, I had given this comment about one of my clients who um, told me that her father used to beat up her mother every day and her husband beats her up once a week or once in two weeks and then, you know, makes up by giving her jewelry and apologizes and the pattern starts again. And it's been years 
she's been telling me these stories i've been hearing these stories i've tried to help as much as i can but ultimately you can only do that much and if that is acceptable for her and may not be acceptable for me how am i to judge that person we always talk about in many of our podcasts and otherwise also which most people don't do like don't judge try to understand maybe this film has taken a lot of the stuff to an extreme mm-hmm. because you know obviously the director bragged about the fact that he's going to, his next movie after kabir singh is going to be even more violent and now that this film has been a huge hit he's making a sequel called animal park which where he says the degree of violence is going to go up as well are we going to be proud of the films we've made are we going to be proud to show these films to our daughters when they are older it was a point i raised ranbir kapoor and shahid kapoor who acted in kabir singh both have daughters would this be a piece of art where they would tell their children that oh it's only a film i was just portraying a character and how, what would be the child's reaction does that mean that a certain amount of violence a certain amount of disrespect to women is acceptable in society are they just showing it the mirror i mean if i was in their place i would not do films that i'm not proud of if they're proud of what they are doing well that's fine you know i mean yeah. uh, we we can't really change any, anybody else's mind or attitude and you know many of these actors come back and say i regretted doing that film you know i shouldn't have done it but fame money material things seem to be of great importance in our society today so anything goes in the name of art perhaps anything goes in the name of what you're putting out anything goes in the name of how you treat people celebrities no matter what you say are looked up to as role models and as heroes and you know there's a movie called fan with shahrukh khan which didn't do very well at the box office but i mentioned that again on social media it was a very telling film to see to what extent somebody who loves you can go for you and against you you know and so that is a deep influence of the mind it's all in your mind i mean that's one of the most popular selling t-shirts in the boston museum of science and so i feel that it really boils down to you not being the moral compass of the filmmaker or the writer but the writer and the filmmaker themselves may want to practice a pause if you are showing somebody who has daddy issues maybe you should teach us a lesson to raise our children in a way that we give them the time that they need because there is a telling dialogue in the trailer where she says couldn't you can't even give him 10 minutes of your time to um, you know ranbir kapoor's father so a uh, lot of the people have said oh the performances were out- outstanding you know ranbir was great bobby diol was great but i walked out of the cinema hall midway through i wanted to throw up uh, i just couldn't handle how badly women were treated but if a film director has a license to portray that disrespect that means it has been allowed by society and it has persisted yeah you raise a great point about being able to show this to their daughters but i would argue same with the sons i think this is a very influential thing if if kids are in the audience that's like one of the worst things right i think you mentioned that there were actually some people had no idea maybe they thought they were taking their kids to a family film you know what have you but it's definitely not meant for young eyes and uh, while there is no censorship board in hollywood as such there is a rating system and that rating system is meant to guide parents as to the content of a film and whether it is appropriate for young people if there are young people in the audience and they're seeing these types of things 
it's naive to think that they don't take that back with them. You know, I find it very strange that people have taken their children in, in the U.S. Maybe somebody said the U.S., uh, you know, theaters don't understand the A adult rating and uh, so didn't catch that. But if you just see the trailer of the movie, you can see the extent of violence there. And, you know, we went to see Tiger 3 in the cinema hall and we saw this young girl, two, three-year-old girl, probably the parents couldn't find a babysitter and didn't have the patience to wait for it to come on OTT. I was cringing at some of the throat-slitting scenes and the gurgling of the sound as blood leaves your body. And I was averting my face and I was staring at my phone. I didn't want to watch that. And there was this little child... Uh, who was watching everything and the parents had no problem they were sitting right next to us and i actually wanted to tell them let's please take your kid out of the auditorium but you know that's not my kid and even if i'd said they could have told me to mind my own business so i think that there is a lot to think about when movies like this come out is it a reflection of society is it a reflection of who you are at that point of time in your life and what is it that's portrayed in this film that is not there in real life we've seen and heard it's in mythology as well look at the big fights in Mahabharata you know there's been violence all through civilizations there's been kindness all through civilizations I mean give me one civilization in ancient history that we have read about where there has been no violence and no real violence whether and, and in any religion all through history all through our religious texts any religious texts if you look at the bible there is some horrible acts perpetrated by human beings against other human beings right it's filled with murder and rape and incest and all of these books have all of these things as long as human beings have existed there have been violent acts perpetrated by human beings against one another the question is and it's one that you know we, we should think about is what is the purpose what is the intent if it's just to show these things that human beings can do these things to each other, I would say, yes, that's true. But are we really showcasing the best of us or the worst? Yes, and I think that's a very, very good point to end this podcast on. And I hope that I always tell people that you've got to think what works for you and what doesn't. But the only way we can succeed as a society is if we can help each other rise in a positive way. There's just far too much negativity. And I think that's what maybe made people very uncomfortable, those who were watching this film. But you have to respect the filmmaker, the actors who chose to make whatever they did. It's just that it's on their conscience to decide how much is too much. And although we probably won't be seeing it in the theater, we may try it on OTT. We'll see. Maybe after that, we can come back and and talk about the actual film. Maybe it has some merits, maybe some drawbacks, but remains to be seen. So on that note, thank you everyone for listening. Hopefully it won't be as long before our next podcast. Thank you. Thank you.